0: All right, hello everyone. Let's kick off the 2020-21 season for the Bundesliga Bulletin. And one of the things I wanted to do for this season is do uh, a little bit more of season previews in the podcasting form. And we we had a lot of success. Uh, although uh, we'll talk about why we why we ultimately did not have some success with the predictions with uh, today's guest, who is none other than uh, Tobias Russell's uh, number one fan, Luca Giel,
1: the only member in the fan club as well. Yeah. Well, I'm
0: I'm I'm there too, but uh, I think might might just be the two of us at this point. So uh, we we had you on; it was over a year ago now. Obviously, last summer, and we did a wonderful podcast thanks to you about uh, Borussia Dortmund uh, and, and how they're preparing for that season. And and I thought we should uh, repeat this, although um, I realized that this this sort of new 2020 21 season is is it's just so strange for so many reasons that we will get into, but. Um, Basically, I just want to kind of ask you about your your feelings, your thoughts about where 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 we are, sort of the, the first first days of September. Um, now, um, a lot of the preseason is done. Uh, a lot of the players are on uh, the sort of nations leagues, internationals, and uh, some of them are training as well. What what are some of your yeah. impressions?
1: <laughs> yeah it's like the weirdest international break ever and it also feels like we're living in a different world than we did when we last did this podcast and kind of Uh, the only thing that f- still feels the same before like a Bundesliga season starts is that we know who's going to win it probably and I think we'll we even like know it uh, with a with a certainty that's Right. Kind of like unpre, yeah, not like the usual certainty where we're like ninety percent sure. But I think this year it's like ninety nine point nine percent that Bayern is gonna win the league. And like you said, like the the preseason is done. Some teams just started their preseason, yeah. uh, I think, and some teams are already done or have their last friendly. And then after the international break, which, yeah, like already mentioned, has the weirdest timing ever. There's the the cup game, which kind of counts like another friendly for a lot of clubs and then the Bundesliga restarts without fans this time or with some fans in some stadiums apparently yeah it seems like
0: leipzig are, are trying to get uh, 8,500 people uh, in and we're we're, not, we're gonna try to avoid any of the obvious uh, jokes there but uh yeah mm-hmm. so they they i think in, in the case of dortmund that they're actually one of the teams that you know because of not qualifying or, or not playing in this sort of final champions league tournament that they had a lot of time to to train and obviously uh Bring in some new signings, and um, I think just just to just to make sure that uh, we're, we're all on the same page. I think that the, the two 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 most important ones, or maybe there are three: um, Jude Bellingham, who uh, and who uh, for twenty six point five million uh, from Birmingham, and then turned turned seventeen in the meantime, and then Thomas munier who's twenty eight year old from, from PSG. Incidentally, is the other ones coming in, and uh, and there's some uh, loan deals. Uh, Rainier who uh, Came from Real Madrid, the uh, 18 year old Brazilian, sort of number 10 attacking midfielder slash second striker. And then obviously the internal promotion of Yusuf Amukoko, who uh, will be eligible to play in uh, November, uh, I guess November 20, as soon as he turns 16. Uh, and then obviously there were some returning lone players like uh, Felix Paslak and uh, Marius Wolf, who are still still around and playing in preseason and st- friendly sometimes on the same team and there were obviously some 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 uh departures like Omer toprak who left uh balerdi and zenish Burnic were were loaned out and then uh the contracts of uh Götze were not renewed uh andre Schurler retired um i think erik Schlegel also is no longer there uh, although uh, and then hakimi of course uh had to to go back to Madrid and was sold to Inter Milan. Um, And obviously the the financial situation of Dortmund losing 45 million with with Corona. And uh, like I think Stefan Butzko mentioned on the yellow wall, about 4 million per matches uh, per match day. So that's sort of the financial situation. I think that, that sort of underscores what you were talking about in terms of what the expectations are for this season, but um, I think you also mentioned yours. But but I want to just kind of talk about these these new arrivals a little bit, uh, and maybe we should, uh, we should just talk start with those. And, and let's start let's start with uh, Jude Bellingham, who's, who's somebody that uh, you know uh, has impressed you. If if I'm if I'm right,
1: yeah, I think he's impressed basically everyone uh, at the club. Maybe not the scouting department, who were extremely high on him before he even mm-hmm. stepped foot in, like onto Dortmund, but. Like talking about the financial trouble, it does seem weird to spend 20 million on a on a 17 year old, but that also shows you how convinced uh, the the yeah the scouts and Zohak and Watzke were. Uh, And it's it's a bit annoying that he it would have been possible to get him last season for 300 uh, thousand, but he he decided like to stay another season, which also speaks like or said something about him that he wanted his club to get some money uh, or some more money and he wanted to continue to develop uh, in Birmingham and play more games and he did so impressively impressively like I've I've seen some some of his games once it was pretty obvious that he would be joining us and Birmingham wasn't a great team but he just seemed extremely commanding, extremely uh, calm for his age. And, uh, yeah, it just looked like he was the best player on the pitch in a lot of those matches.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I watched a little bit of uh, Birmingham City. I think it was like Pep Clotet who um, said some wonderful Mm -hmm. things about him. And I think now now they have hired uh, Aitor Karanka. So it's like neither of those are like something to be excited about. But he was basically 16 and, and playing... You know, regular minutes at multiple positions and sort of like a four-four-two kind of like a wide midfielder who comes inside, um, and looked looked good. Look looked somebody who's explosive but also pretty smart. Um, can play central midfield. Can play like a six-eight or a ten or a wide play. Basically, any anywhere. Any you know, turn seventeen at the end of june so um i think just just anybody who has like a successful season at the championship which is you know probably still in the top 10 leagues in the world although you know it's not a great league but uh certainly a, a, a very physical and tough tough league to play in yeah so mm-hmm. i think i think that's that, that, that that's interesting what you said about um dortmund you know shelling out that 25 26 million for for somebody who you know uh they obviously the sancho connection obviously the pathway or the development of you know like a Gio reina or a haaland or basically any anybody from Nuri shahinan um you you know like dortmund is, is the place to go so i i get that part but um in terms of it's it's it's, it's i think it's, it's just another one of those investments where you know dortmund are gonna be pretty positive that um in a year or two, probably two, three years, he, he's going to be worth like four or five times as much. Um, is that something you agree with?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely part of the strategy. Like uh, they were really close to signing Mason Greenwood mm-hmm. before yeah. uh, last season, and that would have been like a move just like that. Now we saw that he he's playing for United, and uh, yeah, he's scoring for fun at least at the end of the season. So. We we saw that the investment there would have made sense, and the the same thing happened with uh, Eduardo Camavinga. Mm-hmm. He was also at some point relatively close yeah. to joining Dortmund, and now he's like his stock is skyrocketing, basically lighting the world on fire.
0: Yeah, it's like the, the the goal that he scored, like, uh, I think, it was over the weekend. Yeah. I was like, I, don't, I don't know how many. I'm, I'm just trying to think of like how many players in the world can score that goal, and and I I, I thought it's like very few. Especially
1: not the ones who are like 17 or 18. How old is he? Like yeah, yeah I think eight. he's
0: 17. Got got called up to the, the the first team for for the national team for France to replace. Uh, Paul Pogba. And um, so the other sort of youngster, and I think we should maybe stick to that, is, is Renier, who who um, turned 18 in January, and that's when he was eligible to join Real Madrid. I think he was uh, fairly highly regarded. And there's also, I think, much like, you know, the, the reviews mentioned Bellingham and Greenwood. This is somebody that Dortmund have been watching for years. And he's someone that was somewhat better known just because of, you know, Real Madrid. And, and Real Madrid, obviously... Um, have this this uh, junior Cafala I think is the the, the 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 scout who basically worked his way up from like being a, a friend of the the Galacticos to like a Florentino Perez's uh, son's friend, and then he's like the their sort of scout in Brazil, and he's the guy who gets everybody for for uh, Real Madrid. And so uh, I understand why he made that move as soon as he you know played well in the Libertadores cups and, and whatnot. And um, but but it's again like. As the, the relationship between Florentino Perez and Vazquez is, is a solid one, and it's, it's it's another lone move. I think he was not eligible to play for Real Madrid because of the EU.
1: Yeah, so too it. many. Yeah. yeah,
0: especially Rodrigo and Vinicius, right? But what do you what do you know about him? What, how would you describe him? What are some of the things you've seen from him?
1: So the the, the main thing I know basically is that Sock wanted him for years, like you said. Uh, it's not something that's like, oh, he's not playing for Real Madrid but he has a contract at Real Madrid and they played a lot of money for him so he's probably a good thing but it is, it's is—it's more the case that he wanted him already before he moved to Real Madrid sure. and then yeah Real Madrid was just too big of a name for him to turn down basically and he ended up there instead of Dortmund and now the option to get him came up and there's like, like we already talked about the financial situation there was no way to get another player in uh, who, you, who you have to pay a fee for and then also the wages so yeah. it's a loan move and the few things I've seen of him and also what Real Madrid fans who I trust uh, describe him as is like a, I don't know, Harvard's Kaká kind of player like not obviously not the quality uh, or, or as of now but kind of the style and that's kind of the weird thing to me, I don't know if you would agree. Like, I think Dortmund need a need an out and out winger more than they would need another number ten because there's Julian Brandt who can play there. There is Marco Reus if he's healthy who can play there. There's Reyna, who I think will play a big role this season. And then you also have Bellingham and all those guys who are like a mix and who can play everywhere in the in the center basically. But as for the wingers, you have Jaden Sancho who loves to cut inside and but. Yeah, I would count them as a winger and then you have Torgan Hazar and that's pretty much it, I would say. I don't I wouldn't count Marius Wolf. <laughs> um I don't think he's he's Dortmund quality necessarily. So there are like two wingers in the squad and that's that's kind of the weird thing about this move to me, but maybe there were no wingers uh, of that yeah. quality available.
0: It's a pretty like centrally heavily um Favorite squad because if you, you know, like just the players you mentioned, with, and that like Brandt is not a winger, as, as you mentioned, and, and uh, but yeah, and then there's also like, you know, I mean, a lot of the central defend, central midfielders that. You know Dortmund seem to have, you have there with Delaney and Dahoud. Or Toby, Toby Rashel is still around, and yeah, it, it, it is weird. I, I think that, that that probably and this is this is why um, I think that we'll get into the, the should they play five at the back or three at the back or four at the back, and and, and I think that's a, that's a big part of uh, Lucien Favre's issues because it's like you, you maybe maybe you want to play that, but you, do you have any wingers? Um, Mukoko is somebody we should we should maybe finish up with because I think I think Minier is not that interesting. He's also out injured and uh, you know not somewhat of a known. Yeah, he's a, somewhat of a known quantity. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think anybody is uh, super excited about him. I mean, maybe maybe Witzel and, and Azar just just to have like you know, just to have m- more Belgians on the team. Uh, but, seems, uh, like great, uh, seems like a
1: great seems like a great guy though. So that, that's, that's all that's I can say. I, yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I mean, if you, it's, it's hard to replace Hakimi once you once you can't afford him. Of course, it's uh, probably likely to be a little bit more conservative, and and you know, 28 uh, somehow. I think everybody kind of thinks he's older than that, but. Uh, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, 29 soon, but uh, yeah, not 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 a bad idea. So Mukuku, right? He's 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 somebody that uh, you've you've watched a lot, and obviously he's someone who's uh, been highly regarded for it's like two or three years now. He's still only uh, 15 years old, and then um, but but what what what's I mean, what's the prognosis on on inside of Dortmund, and what are they counting with them as soon as he becomes eligible to to play in uh, November 20th, 2016.
1: So the hopes are really high for him, obviously. They they wouldn't say it publicly, or they kind of do, but they wouldn't say it right. um, <laughs> as publicly, but just not to uh, hype him up even more because the hype's been there, like you said, for years now. He's scored an insane amount of goals in basically every league he's played in and every team he's played in. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the thing that makes me hopeful for... Like, his future is that he doesn't rely on his athleticism. Uh, Like, he's not taller than the other guys. He's not necessarily stronger than the other guys he's playing against. He is quicker, but he might still be quicker than, like, a lot of people playing in the Bundesliga. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's, he's technically, like, he's insane. Uh, his instincts for goal are fantastic, and he can also like when he knows he's playing with good players like Giorena and the youth league and stuff like that. He has a really good eye for his like uh, teammates. Uh, like he's not a guy who just shoots from everywhere, and uh, I don't know they are bad goalkeepers, so he scores four goals uh, a game. That's not what this is. He's just a really, really good football player. And... Who would you compare him to if you if you think oh. a player? Um... That's interesting uh i want to say aguero but mm-hmm. that's that's, that's pretty one, yeah. that's like obviously not the level but just in terms of playing style i would go for someone yeah probably like aguero uh um, no, that's
0: I, I like that because of like you know the the daryl Morey uh rule of like making the cross-racial comparisons which is which is always which is always i think <laughs> that's always because typically i I think that that's a a nice thing to to do and and i like that you you highlighted some of his skills because it's gonna be hard to have sort of a realistic conversation you know about basically any super kid but but when somebody is 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 even i mean we're we're getting used to now especially at dortmund it's not that new to have somebody make the debut at like well, I mean, 16 is still young, even Nuri Shaheen, but, uh, you know, 17, 18 has is, is been kind of the norm. But uh, in, in world football, we, we see a lot of this, uh, you know, I think the flip side of that is is a lot of these guys who are like late 20s are retiring, like, you know, we saw with Shurla and, you know, now we see a bunch of early 30s guys like Urivedes and maybe a couple of other ones, um, basically just, just kind of shifting the the paradigm of uh, aging in football and the age curves and and when people's peaks are um and as as, as we mentioned you know there's there's there is there is this thing where like you mentioned with Jude Bellingham that that you know uh, one season can can 50x your, your your value and we we saw that with Sancho and others and everybody's sort of looking for that next uh Big deal. So I, I really I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. And, and and so is there a prediction you would make on, on Mukuko of, of of like how many goals he would score? I mean I I, I had some fun with this with with Haaland when, when I when I said in, in January that uh, oh he could you know he could score like whatever eight to ten goals and uh, that 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 was that, that lasted about like two weeks or something. So it's a
1: chance chance for you to look silly, Luca. That's, that's yeah. It's it's obviously tough like um, because we didn't like with Haaland, we had half of the season uh, and saw how Dortmund played, and kind of they were already scoring loads of goals there. And we don't know how good this Dortmund team is going to be this year. And that's kind of the thing that holds me mm-hmm. back from making a prediction. But I think he'll, like, when the season goes through like it should that's obviously not a given I think he'll have like between 5 and 10 something something in that range I don't think it'll be crazy because he still has Haaland in front of him who's gonna play lots of games I think and I'm not sure if yet if they're gonna play together because of all the central players we already mentioned and yeah. Mukoku is not really the guy who would I, I don't think they will play him on the wing to be honest uh, mm-hmm. he's never really played there and I know I know some like youth players are like led to the league in by playing them on the wing, but I don't think that'll happen in this case.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean this is something they talked about publicly of you know the mistake of not signing a backup striker with with Alcacer there when he was there. I mean you can you can also kind of until he comes until he he's eligible to play you can kind of do something with Royce or Azard or. You know, he is and also kind of playing, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's he someone, especially because how tall he is. Because it, it, you know, it's, it's like uh 1.88, so like a good like six, six, two, six, three. Certainly yeah. is like big enough to to do it, and I think this is this is I think we should lead this into the next discussion of of uh, you know rotation, right? And and Favre has, has mentioned that you're going to need um, two teams almost. And when you when you look at this in the context of well, there's already an international break before the season has even really started mm-hmm. in terms of official official uh, league games, and there's going to be two more uh, in one in October and one in November. For uh, obvious uh, wonderful Nations League uh, reasons and uh, the the playoffs for for the Euros and, and all these things, um, so that that is obviously going to mean uh, basically just a lot of English, uh, English Shabucho, and, and uh, it's going to be tough, right? Like so, so what do you what do you see this sort of two two teams that Favre has uh, talked about? Can you maybe uh, elaborate on that? Just just what he what he's trying to do?
1: I mean. A skeptic or maybe a cynic would say it's uh, he's already getting his excuses for the season, <laughs> um, yeah. and that's that. To be honest, that's kind of what a lot of people around, like surrounding and also within the club, seem to think. Um, mm-hmm. f- for now, there's not really like Favre and Zorc and Watzke. They're not. They don't seem to be working together, mm-hmm. but they seem to yeah. be working apart side from each side. other and yeah, yeah side mm-hmm. by side basically and even in different directions sometimes mm-hmm. you can you can kind of tell by the quotes and also like what people say who are like working within the club and uh, far was saying or being as offensive in with his quotes as he's like never been i think saying he needs more players uh, he wants to play a back four and all that stuff it's kind of weird to me. Maybe it's because he's in his last year. And nothing to contract. lose yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he he wants either he'll win the league or he's gone basically. Yep. Uh, I, that might that might be it, but it's still weird to me. Like the Zorg and Vatzke know it's not possible to have two teams or at least two teams on a level that Favel wants. Yeah. And he maybe like he says that for his next job and then he can say, Oh, I didn't have two teams so I you know that's why I didn't win the Bundesliga. That might be it, but it's kind of weird to me.
0: Yeah, it's like it's something that like it reminds me of, and this is like going way back. But but like because um, I was just reminded of this by uh, the Jean Pierre papango that I, that I think has had some anniversary for Bayern, and I remember him for uh, Milan in the mid-90s when Berlusconi first tried this where he's gonna have like a different team for the league and the champions league and mm. that seems like a good idea until you kind of think about like wages and how teams are <laughs> together and how players what they want to do and and that's really kind of redundant in, in some ways like uh you know even okay like you don't have to do like a club you know 14 players uh, but but you also don't want to play like you know 22 or 26 or whatever and and I mean, look at Bayern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, there's 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 examples of where you can where you can, you can you do it with like you know 18, 19, 20. and I mean there's there's uh, there's a lot of imminent problems just just by ha- just with having that many players, and it's also like you know, Dortmund, if if it's gonna be a team, it's not gonna be Dortmund. Like you know, it could have been could have been Barcelona or something. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that they they just rather have like thirteen players as Arturo Vidal. Uh, once pointed out. So, um,
1: and, and also, uh, one 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 thing I I would like to quickly add on that like uh, Bayern have like I think yeah. sixteen maybe players who are regulars, and then the rest of them are right. either from the third division or they are kind of like yeah. uh, croissants or something. And that's kind of, I think, where Watzke yeah. and Sok are going as well. The second team has been boosted immensely. Like they, they got a coach who they think is going to be fantastic. He might even have a chance to take over really? the first team yeah. uh, one day, Enrico Maasen. They got some really good players for the first time, like they got a center back from the second division. I forgot his name now, but they got some really good players and they want this team to be in in the third division and provide cheap or cheaper squad depth for the first team, basically. So you'll have 16 or maybe 18 players who are top level first team players and the rest is going to be squad depth from the second team basically I think that's the direction we are going in just because it's more sustainable it's cheaper and Bayern basically showed that it's possible to yeah, do. yeah I
0: mean that, 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 that's certainly like you know people always talk about having copycat leagues and, and you know there's something you could there's a lot of things you can take from take from Bayern and there's obviously no no shame in, in in doing that but that would be that would be one um the thing i wanted to ask you about is this sort of back 3 back 4 back 5 what do you what do you think about mm. uh, what's what's the best uh, best strategy or what do you like what where do you stand on this debate because basically you know Favre is a is back four guy but then you know I've, I think it's been pretty well known that the team just said okay we're gonna we're gonna do with three three at the back and that basically I think I read some there was like 22 games they played and they won 16 and that included some some of the ones like against Mainz, which you know it seemed like they didn't really give there wasn't that much to play for. But uh what do you think about this? Yeah. What should they play?
1: Yeah, so Maybe for the people who don't follow Dortmund as closely, they had a pretty rough uh, first part of the season last season um, with the yeah, back four. Then, for reminding us. Yeah. <laughs> then changed to a back three. I think it was against Hertha. Could it be? I think. Yeah, it um, was. It
0: was in the last fifteen minutes of the Barcelona game and the, the Champions League, oh. and then, then again, then 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 uh, Hertha was the league game after that, and then yeah. it worked. But then, like, I think Hummels got sent off, and then they basically just. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And from then on, they just played with the back three, and everyone was just better. And by really, like literally everyone was better. Guerrero played some of the best football of his life. Uh, Hakimi, obviously. Um, all the center backs, even Hak- Akanji, played some decent games. So um, Zagadu was great there. Hummels was great there. And uh, then this off-season Favre decides, oh, let's create a problem out of nothing and switch back to back four. And I know a lot of people are like, well, he didn't have that many center backs and that's the only reason he played with the back four. But as far as I understood it, and I don't have any reason to not trust those people, uh, that idea of Favre was permanent. He, he he wanted a permanent change to back four, like from every, everything he mm-hmm. said as well, saying that all those top teams play with the back four. It's just weird
0: because it's like, I mean, not to get into this like ideological debate with the CFA, Yeah, uh, but like, you know, there's Atalanta are there. I mean, you know, Leipzig in in some ways, and so you, 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 if you look at the, the sort of, I mean, okay, I get like he's he, he's trying to mean, but even like you know, Manchester City play with the back three sometimes, or you know, like that. There's, you know, uh, I, I I know what he's trying to say, but uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, it, it's 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 weird, like you mentioned, of, of to pull like a power
1: move when you don't have any power. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's also he's already like backing, backing off, basically, yeah. he, he there was there were reports now coming out. Uh, I think those reports are coming from the not far side, basically that he's already trained with a back five again. Yeah. and uh, because... it was all just because he didn't have the players, which I think is not true.
0: but yeah. yeah, yeah, so how would this look like? just to kind of uh you know go towards a conclusion and and looking at like, what would be sort of the the starting eleven or, or some sort of mm-hmm. yeah, first team, and then like obviously talking about the injuries and who's who's available and what are we going to see, and like let's say in the the cup against Duisburg. Uh,
1: so I think in goal it's pretty clear that that Roman Burki is the number one yep. uh, goalkeeper, and let's say we're going, let's just say we're going with the back four and we're going with the four three three. Um, because maybe Favre just pulls this power move, like without any power, like you said, Um, then uh, normally Zagadou would be one of the first names on the team sheet, but currently he's injured. So it seems to be Hummels and Dakanji, Mm -hmm.
0: uh,
1: which I'm not a fan of, but uh, Akanji has gotten a bit better and he's still the quickest of the center backs we have. So might be a decent pairing with Hummels. On the left side, you have Guerrero, who's much better in a back uh, five, uh, much more freedom going up front. He can move inside channels and be creative or be dangerous from there. But he's an okay-ish left back, I would say. He played there for Portugal when they won the Euro. So, okay. Uh, on the right side, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, Meunier knows, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Meunier doesn't seem to be a great right back in a back four. Uh, Murray, I think, is underrated defensively. Like he's really, uh, like ugly to play against. I would say he's really mm-hmm. annoying. Um, but he's obviously gotten himself an injury again for four weeks, like he always does in preseason. And then you have Felix Paslak, who uh, Favre really liked in this preseason, but I don't think he'll play a big role. I think he'll play like minutes here and there on the left side and on the right side as a backup when. They are in, in injuries, basically, but I don't think he'll play like a huge role. So normally, I would say Mori is the starter. He seemed to be ahead in the in the pecking order, but for now, it seems to be Paslak because uh, Monier and, and Mori are injured. There's not
0: really a chance of like Piszczek starting, right? Because he's he's more of like a right center back at this point. You yeah, know.
1: yeah, I think so. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, it's, I, it's it's weird, with Paslak. Just a quick side note. Like I I watched a lot of some of the preseason against like Paderborn and he was getting kind of it was kind of unfair to him to play against like Christopher Ajay, with like Emre Can as your right center back, and um, <laughs> he. I think he played in one of the games. He played as like a left back, but but the funniest part yep. about Aslak is I think we were, we were both big fans of him. Like I think it was at the Super Cup when he when he locked down uh, Frank Ribery, and that yep. might have been. But that was you know like this is like probably four years ago now, and um, obviously you, you you talked a lot about how he was affected by the by the bombing and and. Uh, mm the bus attack right and and now you know i i was just you know i mean i follow his career and but it's like you know uh, i think it was there was a podcast and uh, somebody mentioned uh, him being at norwich and i was like no he's at like fortuna sitar but then i started thinking about like well he's been loaned out so many times that it's like really hard to hard to think about like where he is even and and and, and uh you know what he is at this point but uh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting because he's, he's certainly safe like he that maybe maybe uh Sebastian Roda levels of too safe in terms of his passing. I mean, that was kind of always the, the knock with him. But you can certainly, like, have him play in a bunch of different... He w-
1: yeah, he won't cost you, basically. Yeah, He yeah. probably won't cost you. Yeah, But he's he's also not offering anything. Yeah, but it's also like, like... if
0: you have, uh, you know, again, like you mentioned, the, the lack of the speed with Hummels, and it's just, this is where Paslak is not known for being a super physical guy. So <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. that's also the, the problem. Um, all right, so let's look at the, the midfield. What's, what's what's the options there?
1: Um, you, stylistically, Witzel would be the best number six, but uh, he, he just seems uninterested lately. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Uh, so Emre Can would probably be my pick mm-hmm. as, a, as a number six. And uh, as number eight, uh, uh, you can't go, go past Bellingham currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he would start ahead of... Pretty much everyone else in central midfield currently, and next to him, currently I think uh, Gio, Gio Reyna Rainer would be starting well, uh, unless, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean unless like Royce is uh, fit or anything, then which now, Reus... now seems
0: like magically possible, right? Like after That's yeah, also one of the underrated stories of like. He got hurt in the Bremen game, which I think was like in February, and then like oh yeah. he's, you know struggle, and then all of a sudden like as soon as all these like performances and you know by 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 Reynaud and Lengier came in and Bellingham oh Royce is ready. <laughs> it's like oh, and he
1: he he was like at the spe- special he did a special physiotherapy where the nerve ending had to be uh, kind of you know separated from. The mm-hmm. tendon, I think, and now he's he's pain free apparently. Uh, my fear is that this is kind of the last gasp, yeah. like the last mm-hmm. try to, for him to have like an um, actual career. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope it's actually good now. But I think it might be just a last uh you know run at it before he might yeah call it quits basically. Yeah. yeah, I think the and, in
0: that sense the guts are leaving and Schirra retiring, and you know all these other ones we mentioned. Um, if he, because I, I think it's like he's his 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 thing is to to make the Euros, right? Like that would be yeah, that would be the final, and maybe the World Cup after that. But that's you know, it's it's really hard. Like I, I it's hard to see him fill out the contract until twenty twenty three that that he is on.
1: Yeah, it' like uh, there, like with him and Pas like the same. It's basically the same thing. I would love for them to succeed because they seem like great guys and they seem to be really loving the club. Mm-hmm. But it's for different reasons. It's 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 hard to imagine. But obviously, fingers crossed. I'm that I'm wrong. Um, yeah, and, but I uh, I I would like uh, to put you and in there, but he just doesn't seem interested in training at all. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, then you have Delaney, who's interested in training very much so, but just not talented enough, I think, but he'll, he'll definitely get minutes here and there mm-hmm. because of the rotation you mentioned earlier.
0: Do you think he could get like center back minutes? Cause it's something I wanted to ask him and I don't, I don't think he's ever really played there, but, uh, I was, I was just thinking about maybe in like a three center back setup.
1: Yeah, in a three center back setup, I could see him there in a two. Not really yeah, because yeah. he loves like he loves duels so much. He'll, yeah, yeah, he'll yeah. just <laughs> destroy the <laughs> formation basically and run all over the pitch. Um, yeah, that's that's I think is going to be too problematic. And uh, yeah, for the front three, I would put uh, Sancho obviously, uh, no brainer. Although he's also not that interested in training, but. It's, it's not it's gotten better i would say say it's not as bad as it used to be with him <laughs> and he's kind of thriving in the role of being the mentor of those young kids yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, like yeah,
0: he, those interviews.
1: yeah that's that's really interesting to see like he's still young himself but he's kind of he loves to like teach reina and Mukoku and stuff like that and bellingham obviously and on the other side just for <laughs> defensive sake and to have some speed on the pitch i would put hazard mm-hmm. um, because he's he has the best package of offensive and defensive contribution i would say and up front it's currently Haaland. and right. then do you then father still has a has a good bench uh, the, the, the main problem, obviously, is the centre-back position, but I don't think there's any money to change it. There was some maybe some interest in Mustafi and stuff like that, but uh, I don't think that's going to be possible with the money that they have now.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I think Lars mentioned uh, Socrates. I, 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 yeah. I mean, jokingly mentioned Nevin Subotic who wanted wanted to uh, <laughs> wanted to leave Union Berlin, and I think they would have been happy to. And but, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's really, really helping uh, too much at that point. I, it was interesting too. It seems like Balardi was was really just a, a difficult choice, or there must have been, because um, you know, basically, they just kind of gave up on him. Um, to ever really make it, I'm not a huge Emre Can a center back fan, uh, especially in like a, a back back four. But uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be. I mean, in, in some ways, it's it's. I, I don't. Like, this is what I mentioned when, to to kind of circle back to the beginning of our discussion, where it it likely won't matter. I would say just because of like I think I think that this is kind of the sad reality of the Bundesliga now is that more more and more teams are just like like not having the the funds to to spend not having the the obviously with corona not having fans not not having income um obviously gonna be like you're taking uh less for for players that you would be selling like we, we saw a lot of those that players even like a philip max who would probably would have you know cost 15 20 million left for eight um or and and you know Dortmund obviously didn't want to sell jaden sancho i think maybe we should Talk a little bit about that just for people who weren't really following that, but basically if I understand that correctly and maybe you couldn't elucidate on that, is is basically didn't sell them because Man United were never never really willing to to meet that hundred and ten hundred and twenty million valuation. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, and they never even came close. Like they there were a uh, few like they thought united were interested because also the the media reports obviously mm-hmm. that came came from the united side but apparently the interest wasn't even that big because there was never an offer um uh, or especially not an offer which came close and also like sancho He's he he's not hell bent on go, going to United. Yeah. It's not his favorite club in the world. There are other yeah. clubs in the world. It's it's not like with Usman Dembele, who was like, I want to go to Barcelona, and that's the only club I want to go to. And the the thing that like British media or, or yeah media international media basically don't understand about Dortmund is when it's about their star players, they set a price, and yeah. when you pay that price, they're happy to sell. But if you don't reach that price they're not going to sell and that's yeah. like that's final and yeah
0: because like like we, like we didn't probably mention that part but you know just because of the the player sales in the previous windows i mean Dortmund still has a lot of reserves in terms of you know the the money that they've that they've gotten all the way from you know the Mkhitaryan to to Dembele to Humos to you know a bunch of bunch of the others that that have recently um, left it's it's not a you know it's like just because they're they're losing some 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 money it doesn't doesn't mean that they're in um, any sort of uh, any sort of trouble or, at all uh, just you know they've, they've still got a very healthy reserves but it's just they're they're just planning planning in, in, in ahead and, and planning to to use that smartly and and I think you know it's also the like this season is kind of the a transition ish year where you really can have transition because I think last season or even the season before were the ones where you realistically could have beaten Bayern and you, know, they, you can yeah. make the argument that it didn't. You know, I mean, last season wasn't close, but 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 even the the, the season before is, is probably the one that they're gonna. And and the reality of the situation is this is something that's gonna come around maybe every six seven eight ten years. And you you kind of blew that shot, and now now it's sort of a transition rebuilding. You can't really hire a new coach, you, you know. You're, you're bringing in some new players that are, maybe you know, like I mean, Bellingham could could already pop and Mukoko, but but it's it's gonna be you know they're they're gonna be here for two 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 three four years, and you're building the next kind of great Dortmund team uh, with with obviously some taking taking the, the money for. Sancho if if it's there and and reinvesting it and whatnot, but uh, I think that that's kind of the reality for many of the Bundesliga teams uh, this season. Whether it's like Leipzig or you know like Leverkusen, it's it's like if they can hold on, and, and it's, that's what we're seeing with Leipzig that they're they're happy to let. Werner, Gold, Havertz is likely, you know, happy to happy to leave Leverkusen are happy to take money for Kevin Fallon. So, and and they've already done their deals and and not not going to. And the others, you know, maybe Bar hertha Berlin, uh, are not really, you know, in position to challenge and not really financially likely to do it. So is there anything else you want to talk about? Maybe give us a prediction of how do you see this, uh, or any, any sort of surprise prediction you want to make about Durban, mm-hmm. whether it's about Favre or some breakout player or something else that's off that you want to get off your chest before we leave?
1: Uh, I just like if, if Favre actually stays with the back four, then uh, we might see coaching change like quicker than we think. And uh, here, I'll, I'll give him like 10 games or so. Is there like a but... candidate
0: that you have in mind for like a replacement?
1: I think Edin Terzic would do mm-hmm. it, like yeah. the, the assistant coach now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think the long-term goal has to be to get Marco Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I, uh, he's probably the best German coach outside of um, like the co- the ones who are already at huge clubs. Mm. and that's But it's always difficult to negotiate with Eber. He's going to say, well, he has a contract, so you're not getting him. So <laughs> um, that's going to be difficult. But I don't see Faro staying for longer than this season. So we'll have to see how Enrico Maas maybe does with the second team, mm. how Marco Rose does, uh, what happens with Eric Den Haag and stuff like that. So um, that's obviously going to be interesting. But the, the thing also about this back four, back three, whatever thing is, it wouldn't even matter. Like, you can play a back four if you press like Bayern. That works. But it, that's not Saint Favre. It, even in the friendlies we saw now, they were like deep in their own half, uh, pressing, having, they had some mid- midfield pressing, pressing, but pretty reluctantly and there was no counter pressing as soon as they lost the ball so that's always gonna always gonna make things yeah difficult it's not i don't know 2005 where you can just stand around in a four two three one (laughs) so yeah
0: all right. Well, thanks. Thanks very much. And uh, where can people keep in touch with you? Where can people read your really really funny uh, tweets and uh, sub sub tweets of, of footballers and uh, you know things things <laughs> you are, things you, yeah things you want to ask Erling Haaland but but you're not going to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, at Vierde de um yeah, attribute to one of the most uh, iconic Dortmund players who only played there for for like four seasons or so. <laughs> yeah, my um, friend
0: Oliver Kirch, uh, Kirch. Yeah. Um, great. Thank you Luca and I uh, will uh, hope to uh talk to you again uh, this season i mean we talk a lot sort of off the air and it's always good to have you on and we we managed to get through 40 minutes without really mentioning tobias russell so hopefully this is gonna work yes. out better better <laughs> for him because I, well i think we, we set the bar too high and uh, now we're true. gonna go with the reverse jinx where we don't really talk about yeah. him and maybe he is the breakout player of the season
1: i hope i hope so too thanks thanks for having me on
0: Okay, um, well, that was uh, Luca Geerl And uh, we'll be coming back with uh, more Bundesliga previews for the Bundesliga Bulletin. Um, you should go and check us out on Substack. And I'll be, I'll be trying to preview the season with some more experts and, and pundits uh, that are um, following the Bundesliga teams. Um, so thank you very much for listening. This is uh, Abel Mesa signing off.